had barely left the saddle and my foot just touched the ground when a cold voice from the shadows told me not to turn around. Said he knew about my fast gun, knew the price paid by the law, challenged by a bounty hunter, so I turned around to draw. I knew someday I'd meet him for his hand like lightning flashed. Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith, welcome each and every one of you into episode 70 of Justified Pursuit. Back from vacation in the land of DeSantis. Right? It is my pleasure to welcome, as always, the uh, good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm okay, man. Uh, I'll be honest. Kind of wish I was still at Disney World. <laughs> Turn your audio down just a little. Yeah, I saw pictures of your uh, your family there. It looked like y'all were having a good time. Uh, it was a blast, man. It was more fun. I knew I would have fun vicariously through them, uh, which I certainly did, but it was more fun than I expected. It was fun. Crowded. But um, their whole their new Genie Plus system that they use to help you skip lines, I think, works pretty well. Huh. Um, I mean, I don't know. People would, a lot of folks would probably disagree with that, but we were able to figure it out. Uh, the Avatar ride, where you ride on the back of one of those dragons from the Avatar movie, is insane. Uh, Space Mountain is a 50, almost 50, I guess, 40, 47 year old ride that is still freaking awesome that's the one that's like an indoor roller coaster and basically pitch pitch black except oh, yeah. little, little starlights everywhere to make it feel like you're zooming through the universe i went on that in uh i think i was like in high school it was awesome yeah uh, the only time i've ever been to disney world i think it was seven or eight years old and i certainly don't remember riding that right at that time um i don't remember very much at all in fact i think the only thing i can vividly remember was typhoon lagoon uh, which we checked out. The girls had fun in the wave pool. Um, the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster is a awesome roller coaster. It uses that magnetic launch system. It goes from like zero to sixty four in like like two point six seconds or something like that. Wow. Uh, it's also indoors, but it's got more lights going on. It's got like you know lots of bright, colorful stuff going on. Uh, the seven dwarfs mine train ride is awesome. Like really fun. It's a quick little, like it doesn't get real high, right? It's low to the ground and these little hairpin turns, but the baskets on the little mine cart swing like a pendulum. So like when you do these like 180 degree turns, you swing out with it. Huh. Uh, and it was cool. Cause it's like a 40 inch ride. So my youngest Emily, it was her first roller coaster. There's a, you know, HD cameras, on that ride so you get everybody gets a picture of themselves and there's me and her and she's just like hands up just biggest smile on her face uh and then the star wars stuff was awesome uh riley and i geeked out on star wars uh, our last day there it was fun man so Did have uh could you tell like the folks that were from texas versus like the were there a bunch of people still wearing masks like because you don't have no. to in florida yeah no there were Oh, there were. I don't remember seeing anybody in the park that wasn't park staff with a mask on. I mean, if there was, it was like less than a handful of people over four days, and you know the place was packed for spring break. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and even in the park staff, it was not like ubiquitous. Uh, it looks like it was just like people exercising a personal choice. Thankfully, the week before they got we got there, they had drop the requirement to wear them indoors so like in the resort we didn't have to wear them you know inside like stores and stuff in the park we didn't have to wear them uh but they had maintained them in uh, on in the park transportation system so the buses and shuttles and stuff which was just so dumb like there so was one time one there when we would get on a bus to go from so the this resort. is disney rules this isn't like yeah disney. yeah it's just park rules yeah because when I was there in August, like Florida was just like Texas, like who gives? We're done. With no, this. yeah, the rest of, I mean, well, we all we did was go from the airport to the Animal Kingdom Lodge where we stayed, yeah, and then back. So we didn't really see any of Florida, but yeah, nobody. What do you think about? This is going to put you on the spot, but I don't care because it's an honest conversation. Um, 
Disney, like, so DeSantis just, just passed this law banning the yeah. teaching of um, transgender ideology in schools for third grade and younger. And Disney's all in, in the in the news is saying we don't support that. We're we stand with our LGBTQRS crowd. Right. Well, how do you how does that make you feel? I mean, you just spent a bajillion dollars with these people who've come out and said, eh, we don't, you know, we know what the majority wants and says, but we don't give a crap because uh, we're Disney and screw you. I can definitely say it has been on my mind. Yeah. Uh, the idea that I would be financially supporting a company that is woke as <laughs> woke AF. Uh, plus, we have a Disney Plus membership. Yeah. Or, you know, subscription. Oh, so do we. So do we. Yeah. So interestingly, I didn't see anything at the park about that at all. Yeah. And I think it's largely a media creation. So I was listening to a podcast earlier this week where, um, they went through the whole timeline and when the bill was first proposed, the CEO's statement was simply, um, we're going to, as a company support, you know, LGBTQRSTUV inclusivity and not worry about this bill. But then there was backlash among Disney employees. And so he changed his tune and is now, you know, taking a stand on behalf of Disney is what you can find another job itself. because Disney is a kids company. It's not a pedophi- pedophile right. or, or mental illness company. Which so is what transgender is? So. I think they're. I think they're all losing this. Um, you know, they branded it as the "Don't Say Gay" bill, right? And then, of course, if you read it, it's complete nonsense. The bill doesn't even say the word "gay" anywhere in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. It says that we won't be. Te- they won't be teaching uh sexual sexual something about like sexually explicit conduct in or you know content in k through third grade we're not going to indoctrinate your kids with the idea at kindergarten that if you're a boy you might have uh girl feelings and therefore you could be a girl that's what we're gonna do so so as this episode i was listening to went through this sort of timeline earlier in the week when i got back um I remember hearing that a big plan protest walkout had been scheduled, right? The media is promoting this idea that Disney's going to take it to them. So that happened yesterday. And I don't remember what podcast I was listening to driving home from work yesterday, but they, they played this clip of it. One dude, one dude walked out and like, like marched by himself in protest of this bill mm-hmm. one disney employee so i don't think that even the all of this cancel culture crap man comes from a fringe minority that is so loud and so vociferous that these companies bow to him like the most recent episode of joe rogan he has this guy on that was a silicon valley um uh you know tech guy he kind of helped build out facebook's original ad ad marketing system mm-hmm. um and interestingly he's the son of uh cuban basically refugees and so he's you know he's a more conservative guy um but you know went to berkeley you know lives in this the bay area um it's a pretty interesting cat but he he told he told this story towards the end of the episode about having been offered the same basic job at Apple. Apparently Apple wants our, wants iPhones to have advertising on them. Mm. And so he had been hired by Apple to build out something for them the way he had done for Facebook back in the day. And he had written a book. Um, I don't remember the exact content of the content of the book, but it was basically about like, they want to put ads on your cell phone. So when you are using your something cell phone, like you that, see yeah. ads that, that's and then they probably the want to. Of, they probably want to charge you for the version, the ad-free version. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Some, something like that. And uh, shoot me so in the this, face. This this book he'd written was was like criticizing like Silicon Valley woke religious ideology. Blah blah blah. So he called it a, a Slack mob. Have you ever heard of Slack? Uh-uh. So, so Slack is a 
like a corporate sort of. I mean, of, when I say Slack, it's usually referring to a fishing line, and I'm telling Henry, get the Slack out of your line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's what this redneck knows about Slack. There's at least a little parallel there to me because it so sounds like just a big slacking waste of time. Right. Companies will have will 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 have a Slack channel on their network, right, where all the employees can go and chat. Yeah. It's supposed to be a quote collaboration tool, but what it really turns into is a woke, um, of course, you know, yeah, like organizing tool, right? Yeah, for a lot of places. So he said a Slack mob went after him and like got him fired in like the first week that he had been hired. And that the num the people involved were like, you know, less than 1% of, of the division or maybe the whole company. It was like a small group of people that went apeshit on Slack and freaked out Apple management and, and got the guy fired. Then he points out all of them have since been fired because they spend all their time you know, advocating, um, you know, instead of working, right. Instead of getting stuff done. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, I think, I think a lot of Disney employees probably are aware of what that bill actually says and are probably aware of the blatant and grotesque hypocrisy that you point out that it's about protecting kids from stuff. That's just not appropriate. And the five to eight year old range and you know, the proof is in the pudding when you see that one dude out of I mean, how many thousands of employees work at that park every day? 10,000. I, I don't, I mean, it's got to be in the thousands. Yeah. And one guy walked out and made a stink, right? I, I think, I don't know why. It's the same thing with Twitter, right? Like 15% of the adult population is on Twitter. And yet our news talks about Twitter as if the stuff on Twitter is worth talking about is is like is news right twitter's it's dug garbage. their heels in in the past week uh suspended the babylon b tucker carlson yeah. and charlie kirk that those are three huge accounts right i mean tucker carlson suspended yeah. him like and it was because of saying something that's true what is uh biden's uh tranny that he uh appointed the dude that yeah yeah um Anyway, they said, here's right. our man of the year. Well, it is a man, and they are a satire-based entity. Right. And then Twitter banned them for hate speech. Yeah. And their CEO said, screw you, we're not taking it down. So if you if that means you ban us, so be it. Yep. So kudos to, to him, their CEO, for having some balls, just like uh, their man of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, again, I heard him talking on a podcast. Because I, I guess it was making fun of it because uh, there's talk that that dude has been nominated for Woman of the Year. And certain, I, I, don't, I don't even remember what, if maybe it's Time Magazine or whatever, She, it's in the running for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, meme of the week. Here's a good way. Here's a good transition here. Uh, it's Leah Thomas being interviewed by a reporter. And, it, and the caption is, I beat those women fair and square, and if they don't like it, they can suck my dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's your meme of the week. Yeah. Uh, crack me up. Um, sticking with the the uh, the topic we were just on, indoctrinating our kids. Austin, Texas, dude. Doss Elementary School organized a gay pride week. Okay, that in and of itself is offensive to me. Like, elementary school kids don't need a gay pride week. Just flat out don't. They're not gay for the most part. They don't even know what their sexuality is. They're just now starting to figure out that they're different. Henry's in third grade. Doesn't give a crap about girls, dude. By the time he's in fifth and sixth grade, that will change. And he doesn't need a gay pride week confusing what is normal human behavior, right? Okay. Uh, whether you're inherently gay or not, that's a totally different conversation. I, I don't care. That's between you and, and God, and you have one life to live, like you and I have said. Whatever makes you happy. But at the elementary school level, we don't need gay pride weeks. And the more concerning thing for me about this whole thing was that they have these little community centers, Chisholm, where whatever you say within those little centers, it's right. like small groups isn't allowed to be repeated why does that matter well okay then you can't go home theoretically 
and regurgitate what was said to your parents. They don't want you, they don't want these kids talking about what they're teaching them at school. They don't want the parents finding out. It's like a, a cover scheme. Yeah, the uh, boys were encouraged to paint their nails uh, in honor of Pride Week as well. Um, God. It's all... It's incredible to me how the pedal has just been slammed to the floor on this. Like, what in the hell has broken in the last two years where these teachers and, and educators suddenly feel so empowered to just stick it to parents like how we not i guess we as as a, a parenting community haven't held them accountable like yeah i mean that's like, what i'm saying is like was this bubbling under the surface for a decade now and nobody knew it i guess probably so at least well, in some you know whose fault it is then it's the parents before us that let the these teachers get away with murder and feel, now they feel entitled and empowered to do and say whatever they whatever they want with no qualms about how it makes the people that actually pay their salary feel it's so frustrating and scary man like i think it has a lot to do also with and, and i was talking to a, a guy that i i hunt with a good friend of mine he is on the school board and they live in uh princeton texas and that's the reason why he joined the school board was to prevent it from being taken over by that kind of, and this is like more rural, small town than, than even where I live in McKinney, which is, used to be a small town, isn't anymore, but um, he could see that that was, there was people moving out there that didn't share that those small town values. And so, yeah, he ran and got elected. And now I think he's on like his third term on the school board. I think that's where a lot of this started is conservatives didn't pay attention to that. Uh, yep. And now we're paying for it. Yeah. I, I think I've maybe mentioned it before, but somebody I had heard made the point one time that, you know, these activists run for these local positions. Mm -hmm. And to your point, people with traditional values are busy with other crap. Like jobs. Right. Making money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man. But you know that that's a to your point that that's a that's our fault. Like we should pay. You know, the other day my dad asked me. He's like, "So who you, who you like in the attorney general race?" And I was like, "Uh, who's running?" Ken Paxton. I was like, "I probably ought to Bush. know that." And he was like, "Yeah, since you talk about this stuff all the time." I was like, "Yeah, but we focus on national stuff, which is the problem." Right. Um. You know, dude. Like. To play the devil's advocate, I do think that there are kids who are gay and like know something's different. Really, really, I really know. Early. I 100% agree. Our, the right. neighbor is in, I've known him for four years. I've known yeah. since the time he was in third grade. He's gay, right? There's no doubt about it. Nice kid. <laughs> nothing, you know, nothing wrong with him. Okay. Uh, but also, he's grown up in a single parent family with only his mom and grandma. He, all he does is sit on his device all day. He never plays outside. I don't think he has any friends. All of that, I think, I don't know how it's all interconnected, but that's just my observation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's not every single gay person was gay from the age of three, but some, many, I don't know, maybe most are. Mm -hmm. um, so my point is, like, you don't want those kids being bullied or picked on like let it you know having kids understand that some people are different i get the the desire to like you know create a quote inclusive environment but they've gone so far beyond that you know i i had when i i spent a summer in dc i may have talked about this before mm -hmm. when i was in law school uh interning at the senate and I got a chance to listen to this guy talk that had been one of the founding, I think like seven founding members of Greenpeace. Uh, this Canadian guy who had helped found Greenpeace back in the 70s, I think. Um, we may be a little too young to recall it, but there was a, they did something 
he was part of this crew that chartered a boat at the time, maybe the early 80s. France was dumping nuclear waste in the Atlantic Ocean. You know, like they're the probably people. The have ma- I think French people are rude. <laughs> if I'm not, I think the majority of French electricity comes from nuclear. They're one of like the world leaders in terms of, you know, utilizing nuclear power. Also <laughs> smart. Right. But the p- only problem with nuclear is what do you do with all that spent uranium when you're done with it? Right. So they were just hauling it off and dumping it in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and uh, so these guys from Greenpeace got in a boat and like blockaded it. And it was, you know, international news and got them to stop, actually. But of course, nowadays, when we think of Greenpeace, we think of a radical, you know, uh, radical environmentalist psychopaths, right? Mm. And so he was actually given this talk to staff from the Environment and Public Works Committee about um, reasonable environmentalism, right? He had left Greenpeace when they really started to go super radical and started a different group called uh, Green Spirit, something like that. But he actually made the point. He's like, listen, you know, when we started Greenpeace, there were terrible things going on, like dumping nuclear waste in the Atlantic Ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tip of the iceberg. But, you know, as that inertia towards environmentalism began, he's like, these movements, they swing like a pendulum, right? And they're going to way overcorrect. So Greenpeace overcorrected so much so that at that time, and it may still be the case, one of their like platforms was to stop global chlorine production because they considered chlorine to be a environmental, you know, hazard on a, on a, on a global scale. Right. Hmm. And, you know, he points out like nothing has saved more lives in the history of man than the ability to chlorinate water. Like, right. Just nothing. Dysentery is like the number one killer in of all of all time and you get that from dirty water right so you know he he used that as an example of this pendulum having swung too far these people were out of control wanting to stop chlorine production um and he made the point though that they that they always sort of that you know it'll swing too far and then you know people will start to realize it and, and it'll have to swing back and hopefully finally settle on something that works right and he was talking specifically about the concept of sustainability that that was really when the word sustainability was starting to like take off in the, in the lexicon, right. As opposed to environmentalism or environmental protection, right. You start talking about sustainability because that inherently means like sustainable resources, sustainable environment, but also from a corporate perspective, sustainable profits, a sustainable business model, right. Mm -hmm. Sustainability means a lot more than just environmental protection. It means like, how do we do business in a way that protects the environment, but that we can also keep an economy running, right? Let's, let's do this without shooting ourselves in the foot. Exactly. And, and so my hope is that we're at this apex on the swing right now of this LGBTQRSTUV agenda where, you know, the Leah Thomas story from last week, hopefully like gets the scales falling from some people's eyes um these radical tiktok a-hole teachers straight up tell that remember when we talked about the san francisco gay men's choir singing that song where they very specifically said yeah we're coming for your kids we'll indoctrinate your children right the, the these are not popular like takes that, you know, I'm not talking about like it's the typical 45% agree, you know, disapprove, yeah. 42% approve. No, like 70% of, of, of Americans say this is not okay, right? A majority, I, I haven't seen a poll on it, and I think that's because nobody wants to show what it says, but I have heard people saying, Dan Bongino, who's a Florida resident, says that this uh, bill that we started off talking about is wildly like approved of and popular in the state of Florida. Cause of course it is. It's totally reasonable, man. Right. I've got a kindergartner and a first grader. They have no business being confused and, you know, just messed with about transgender stuff. Now my fifth grader is absolutely 
aware enough and, and, you know, developed enough to have a conversation with about LGBTQRS stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. My first grader is not just be like, what? Yeah. You know, and that's all this is about, but you know, when, when these people so deliberately hiding things from parents, these, you know, we talked about this too, like last year, but right up there in your neck of the woods in, um, uh, what's the dragons South Lake. Yeah. South Lake school district having against state law, you know, off the record meetings about, you know, critical race theory curriculum being taught and stuff like and the parents said, uh, uh-uh. right. And, and that's, I mean, and you know, what happened in Virginia during their gubernatorial election, what happened even in woke ass San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, it you know, cost I, them I, the governorship in Virginia. I mean, that was the right. main sticking point for Yunkin. What he ran on is we're going to let parents decide what they want taught in the schools that they pay for. Yeah. Oh, and then look at what's novel idea. Look at what, look at what's happening in the Senate right now where, you know, this nominee for the Supreme court, Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Has yeah. A, well, let's get, I have audio for that. Yeah. <clears throat> My point is, I think the majority of Americans, I know because there's, there's data on it. The majority of Americans now know that the media lies to them all the time, right? So they don't take any of this crap at face value. I think when they start, I think I think most Americans when they started hearing about a "don't say gay" bill, they were like, I "Wonder what that actually says." And it doesn't take five seconds to learn. Oh, it doesn't say that at all. This is nonsense. And in fact, I saw I think it was a CNN article that earlier this week where they stopped. They like they've stopped using the whole "don't say gay" thing. I don't remember what the headline said, but in the first paragraph, to their credit. They said a bill that, you know, prevents teaching of, of, you know, whatever, Harvard's phrase, sexual ideology, blah, 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 yeah. for K through third. Like, they actually explain what it does. I think it was about the Disney thing. Sorry, my head's congested a little bit today. Um, so, well, I, hey, I, I just I, got my uh, third round of, of uh, that study done where blood draw for COVID antibodies. Yeah freaking through the roof like it's there's last time they were like at 48 and that was increased from my exposure to my kids COVID infection and then this time there it's just greater than 2500 because I had Omicron even though I tested negative like three times with those tests that the government sent us which I don't think work worth a damn you stuck one of those things in your nose no I don't no you don't you didn't stick it in your nose I don't think uh how does the test work thought it was a nose swab maybe i did maybe aaron took them maybe i took one i think it was negative one of those made in china things you actually were willing to stick that thing in your nose you know they're trying to kill you right i don't know they're totally trying to kill us all well i believe that (laughs) (laughs) i think i tested negative once aaron tested negative twice and the kids i think i don't know we were all sick yeah but that's how like three weeks and no one ever tested positive for covid We've confirmed this, right? That an exposure, that's how your immune system works. You get exposed. The virus can even enter your body. But if you've got natural immunity, your antibodies ramp up and fight it off and it keeps you from getting sick. Yeah. Right. It keeps it from replicating because it fights it in real time instead of it spinning out of control and making you ill. So your immune system is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's badass. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bulletproof again. I do feel bad because I feel bad for everybody. Because those tests clearly don't work. Everyone's going around just exposing each other. And I, I mean, that's why we had that major surge in Omicron. But at the end of the day, it's just a cold. Uh, Hillary Clinton currently has it. And is so does Jen Psaki for the second time. She's experiencing mild symptoms. But did you see her tweet? Dude? Triple vexed. Did you see Hillary's tweet? I'm feeling yeah. uh, like cold symptoms, but everyone go get your booster. I'm feeling cold symptoms, too, and I didn't have to get a booster or a shot or anything else. Moron. Yeah, well, the CDC has admitted that they've manipulated the data on 18 to 49-year-olds. Yeah. Or left what they did was left it out of their reporting. They dropped the number on child COVID um, deaths. Right. Substantially. Yeah. Dude, it's every week. And I was talking to... uh, I was talking to some... Oh, I was eating lunch with a guy yesterday. We were talking about how it's just... This one little piece of information they release like every week, but because they can't do it all at once because then they'd be like, wow, you were lying about everything. But really what they're doing is saying we were lying about everything, but they're just doing it one little tiny thing at a time. 
I just wonder, it was like two ooh. weeks ago it was up to 45 year olds now it's kids you know it's like what well anyone that could connect the dots be like every little thing that you said was true wasn't true you were actually lying about everything admitting it one tiny fragment at a time doesn't make you any less of a liar no man um i just wonder how many people still haven't figured all that out yet like and 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 how many people never will like what percentage of american adults that were wholly bought in to the fear-mongering will no matter how much of this trickles out continue to trust the government and 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 believe sincerely that this is all quote new science and that all of us that have been saying these things since like june of 2020 uh, you know do they even are they so isolated in their own bubbles that they don't know that we knew all this for two years uh I think are they, they so care like my <sighs> youngest brother and sister I, I i i don't know i don't think my sister's one of the smartest people i know right but i don't think she, i don't know that they care i don't know like, i was gonna ask you what do your sisters in law think of the i think you maybe mentioned it before but uh, of this uh school indoctrination stuff uh they're not for it yeah to certainly not in clarify. the transgender thing like you know right and they're in an interesting place because their kids go to the same christian daycare that my kids are have long been out of because they're first grade and third grade i think they were there when they were like three and four years old um but they had to you know ask the the school because it's at a church hey we're two women that are married is this going to be a problem for you is it going to be weird for our kids? Um, so they, I mean, it's unfortunate that that's the reality, but it, it is. Um, I, well, a lot of churches. Like it was if their kids go there, then they must have been told, no, everything's cool. Right. No, exactly. But I'm yeah. saying that it's sad that that's the reality that they have to have those, like, you have to go and have that conversation. Is this going to be a problem? You know, like heterosexual couple d- doesn't have to do that. Doesn't matter. Um, well, I, I do want to. I don't know. My sister and I have been going back and forth on podcasts a lot lately. And I don't, she might even listen to ours. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I should have a conversation with her about where, where she, her mind is right now on the vaccines. Because maybe it's changed. I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it lately. I'll put that on the list to do. Because I <laughs> would like to know. Um, I really wanted to ask. Man, I did so good last week staying out of politics for five days with my sister and brother-in-law uh <laughs> but well i just i i i want to bat i so badly but it all came call. to a head at dinner one night or no you no no no, no it didn't at all the only time i even got close a little too much tequila at the pool wednesday evening uh there was like, some folks sitting next to our group and she i think sherry meant told him we were they were from austin and he goes oh man pricing in austin's got to be through there i think he was from south carolina he said maybe which is another state that a lot of people move into and i just said something like yeah it's become the refuge for all of the reasonable uh you know reasonable level-headed liberals in the country to, to flock to or whatever and my sister goes and that's why we love it and, you know uh was she wearing her f trump shirt no, she never put on her F Trump shirt. Um, <laughs> man, I so want to show that to my mom because she has like she was freaking livid one time about a neighbor with a anti Biden, I think an F Joe Biden flag, and I was like, "Well, this is what your daughter wears." But anyway, um, <clears throat> on election day, I just I want to ask, like, I just want so badly to ask her, "Have y'all heard about the quote, don't say gay bill here in Florida?" And if so, what do you think it says? Because I know they haven't, they don't pay attention to news. Mm-hmm. To the extent news permeates their space, it's always filtered through social media and their liberal Austin ecosystem. Like, for example, the only other moment where I even got close, somehow they, they had gone to Universal uh, before we got there and the Harry Potter world, they were like, just stoked about it it was like the coolest thing ever and somehow i mentioned to jesus something about how funny it is that they're trying to cancel uh, jk rowling over you know transgender stuff and he goes yeah 
He's like, but hadn't she said some like really terrible stuff? And that's the thing. Like he has no idea what she said, but he's under the impression because of all the hate that she said some really terrible stuff. And I go, no, dude, she's never said anything that terrible. Her basic take is, you know, like we shouldn't let a dude beat a bunch of ladies in a swimming meet, you know, over transgender rights. And he goes, yeah, that's so effing stupid. Right. Like when you really strip it down and boil it down, they agree with me when we have a real conversation about almost everything, right? But there's this polarized break where because they don't want to pay attention to the truth of it, they have their outward persona about it, right? Their virtue signaling persona. Like Ash, Sherry and I did have last summer a great talk about this transgender stuff. And I was like, Sherry, I'm not anti-transgender. Right. My take is, I shouldn't have to like she she was talking she specifically honed in on these people who want to be called they right which first of all is hilarious because it's like well that's a plural why are you plural mm-hmm. like why are you more than one person that's called you know schizophrenia but anyway she's like you know some people just you know I, I kind of get it they just you know they'd just rather not be boxed in or whatever and I was like okay that's cool but they're a fraction of a percent of the population. And the other 99.8% of us shouldn't have to pretend like there's no such thing but as men and women to accommodate that. If a person genuinely asks me to try to refer to them as they, fine, I'll do that. But the idea that all of, all of biology has to be dismissed to accommodate these people, I, that doesn't make That's just not right. I shouldn't have to change language, mm-hmm. change my entire understanding of true reality to accommodate that I'll it's treat- not your understanding it's science dude it isn't it's not your understanding and the, the <sighs> right the party of science My and, 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 and so, so she she, she acknowledged she's like no i get that right and then we started talking about this push for transit transit transitioning particularly kids right and i was like and sherry the other thing too is like the idea that we're willing to cut the breasts off of a 12 year old girl right or give test uh, hormone b- puberty blockers to you know a 10 year old boy and all that stuff how do we know that's not a phase? How do we know that kid's not just going to turn out gay? Da, 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 da. And she goes, yeah, you know, I actually work with a guy. So part of the thing with her is she, she works at a, at the nicest salon in Austin, right? So guess what? There's a hand, a bunch of LGBTQ people around her. And she's sure. even told me before that the kids that they have recruited in her t- time there, because she's now like the number one stylist at the salon, right? She's been there for, I don't know, 15 years, right? So she's seen wave after wave of new recruits come in and they get more and more woke and their hair gets more and more blue and, you know, they're more and more being referred to as they, right? So it's all around her. So she has to be cool with it. Yeah. You know, but so she, so she she's like, yeah, you know, I, one of the guys, one of the people that she works with had transitioned years ago now. This is an adult, right? As like a teenager, and he, I, can't, I don't remember which way this person has gone. Right. But saw a psychiatrist, one of these woke ass psychiatrists. This stuff's been going on for way longer than a lot of people realize. This kid was basically, this person as a kid was groomed slash pushed towards transitioning at a young age and is now a detransitioner trying to switch back to their original gender and is like angry. Hey, it reminds me of irreversible damage. Exactly, dude. So we were having in our little fantasy football group um, text. We had obviously a lot of pictures, memes of Leah Thomas and um, everyone's general. Everyone's under the same idea that this is wrong, right? It's crazy. But so what do you do with it? And I said, well, it's real simple. You just you compete in sports with your your birth gender whatever your biological gender is and one of my buddies that lives in colorado was like well i don't agree with that well i said but you just said you don't think they should compete against each other like he said yeah well they need to have their own division and i said so going back to your what you what you were saying about the 99.8 percent of us no they don't need their own division no they don't now we have to have a third division for people that are representing that it's all inclusivity BS. No, no. And think about how expensive that is. Now every university has to have a transgender team. Every elementary school has to have a a transgender or at least offer the option. That's insane. That is absolute insanity. No, they don't. Sorry. 
you want to trans transition, fine. You compete with if you have a penis, you're competing with the boys. If you don't, you're competing with the girls. I guess if you're a girl and you want to make it harder on yourself because you're inferior physically, you could compete with the guys. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, you know, the the problem that they would throw out the there. Term, everyone needs to be comfortable in their own skin. Like, that's great. They don't get their own transgender uh, division. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's so aggravating about this whole way of thinking is that it's this utopian nonsense that assumes that it's possible to get 7 billion human beings to never offend each other. Mm -hmm. It's not possible, dude. It's just not possible. Like, we shouldn't have people running around being bigots, but, you know, you okay, you let them compete against women, and we see what happens. But... You make them compete against men. Now they're not comfortable because they identify as the opposite sex. You create a whole separate division for them. And now all you've done is like highlight them and remove them. Right. And, and, and put them in a silo. So that there's no, well, I'll also, I'll there's also no good answer. There. You also normalize it even more. Like now, now kids are going to know. Oh, we will. That's the flip side of that. Sure. In sixth grade, just, now there yeah. is a transgender division. Oh, what is that? Oh, well, you shouldn't even be thinking about that in sixth grade. Yeah. But here's your division. If you want to, if you're having a hard time, you can't cut it with the boys. You want to compete as a girl. Like, here you go. Did you happen to see the thing about, um, there's a there's a children's hospital in Oregon that has a whole landing page on their website uh, in teaching about tucking. You know what tucking is? Is that where you tuck your wiener in? <laughs> yeah. This is this is from a medical institution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Children's medical junk. institution. Wow. Uh, let's talk about the it just supreme feels so crazy, dude. Court. How this all just like. Well, this is right on topic, buddy, because uh, we have, what's her name? Biden's... Uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. Katanji Brown-Jackson is right here, and she was in the... You know, uh, she has the nerves to call herself an originalist. She described uh, herself as an original, originalist textualist uh, okay. in, terms of her, in terms of her judicial philosophy. Well, Which would mean, like, you know, Justice Antonin Scalia and Clarence Thomas and Alito and Gorsuch. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee is uh, grilling her here. And I think this is worth listening to because you talk about Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. And before she passed, you know, she drew our ire multiple times. This lady, wow. She makes... Amen. She at makes least Ruth, Ruth Bader like Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was at, at minimum a proud woman. Writing for the majority, Justice Ginsburg stated, "Supposed inherent differences are no longer accepted as a ground for race or national origin classifications. Physical differences between men and women, however, are enduring. The two sexes are not fungible. A community made up exclusively." of one sex is different from a community composed of both. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me to okay, comment. I think that was a pretty easy question to answer. Do you not feel the same way? <laughs> I mean, she's so woke. It's unreal, dude. She was asked if she could define a female. No, no, we're going to get there. We're going to yeah. get there. I'm, we're just, uh, we're just playing this one, one little piece like, at a time. Like, like the context of that statement needs any further clarification. Do you agree? That it's abundantly clear. What different, right? Uh, I can't answer that question without knowing the case. Well, it's not a case-by-case -case thing. Do you agree or disagree? Can't answer that question. Okay, let's keep going. As to whether All right. Or not. I'd love to get your your opinion on, on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how 
I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Hmm. Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not the fact. I'm not a biologist. I'm not qualified to answer that question on what a woman is. Chisholm. That Despite is being one herself going to be on the Supreme Court. Is scary. We'll see, man. There's a chance she doesn't make it. Well, so how would as far that, as I'm concerned, she's bungled this thing six ways from Sunday. But you know, then again, ha hashtag racism. Like that matters in 2022. Right. No, no, no. Trust me. I, look at know. look at the three figureheads of that of their party. Neither one of none of them can put a sentence together. Hey, Amen. Biden called himself uh, while we were out on vacation. He said that. Uh, the first lady's husband had COVID. <laughs> that would mean you, Joe, you moron. Did you see that clip? No. Oh, dude. Uh, you have to go back and watch this. He's, he's on the podium. He said, well, something about Kamala. He said, but something came up because the first lady's husband has COVID and can't be here. <laughs> and I think it's his wife says from the side of the stage, that's you, Joe. <laughs> I think it's Jill that said it. You're, you're looking so like this can't be reality. No, that's it, it that can't. I don't understand what kind of weird parallel dimension we have fallen into where a senile dementia patient is the president, a senile dementia patient is the speaker of the house and a moron F tard is the vice president. And this lady who's a lady who can't define what a lady is, is up for Supreme Court. What in the hell has happened? Okay, let's listen to Pelosi talk about, uh, I think it's birds, maybe, or some kind of privilege. Let's take a listen. This is a gem from this week. I think it's birds, maybe, or some kind we're of... Getting our, we're sending stuff over to the Senate. Well, it's, most of the product that we've done is... Except now, we, we may have added in the last day or so. <laughs> so what? what we added is Senate to the bill, like a hearing... Bernie doesn't like hearing, excuse me, Bernie loves hearing. <laughs> Manchin doesn't want hearing in the bill and all that stuff. Um, so some is Senate oriented and then we had the family medical need. We figured if they're putting things in, then we can put something in. What it's the hell? Know. Manchin doesn't like it. So, um, uh, so we are getting some <laughs> and privilege. I think oh. I think mostly we're getting privilege scrub because privilege strug is deadly to a bill. Bird it's important. It's you have to take it out, but privilege violation can take you out. Uh, so there's a couple of girls that are just looking at this, laughing as she's talking. The the, yeah. the, the interjections there, but uh, I don't. Was any of that coherent? I didn't Dude, it was so far like below coherent. Some of I don't. Some of the words she said, I don't understand what she was like. I don't I understand. Think the, she might be on medication. Slurring. Or yeah, maybe. there's a lot of people who speculate that she's either pilled up or drunk or both all the time. She's I, 80 years old too, though. 81, I think. Like okay. there were so many times where whatever this this individual word coming out of her mouth, I don't know what it was. I don't. She I don't know what it was. Bird privilege scrub. Uh, right. I don't know what that is, Nancy. I've never heard of it. It's a new thing. Uh, now, you have some uh, Kamala uh, audio pulled up here, I believe. Yep. As we are just running the gambit of the <laughs> the trio. <laughs> like you said. The passage of time. Right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time 
that's like a short clip of it but yeah she says the passage of time i think like six times in like a rambling run-on sentence that has no point there's such significance to the passage of time how many of these has she done where she's so far out of her league she doesn't know what she's talking about so she just repeats a catchphrase there was that deal with that fake video with those kids who were actors about yeah. space mm-hmm. we had that. uh we the thing that. in france a couple months ago like Oh my gosh. Dude. So, but you and I can, and, and you more so than me, because I'm terrified. Like this could be, I don't think Biden makes it four years. He's, there's no way his, his brain is made of uh, baby food, but you think that Kamala is a good thing and is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm starting to just kind of agree with you. Like, so be it. If she becomes president, it, it's just going to get worse for them. Well, the really interesting thing is I think they know it. On both of them, you know, you have the New York Times now formally admitting that the laptop from hell was real. Uh, we got to right do a deep dive on that next week. Yeah, that that you know that the laptop was real, which means all of its contents were real, which means that the president of the United States' son is a corrupt, uh, incestuous pedophile mm-hmm. uh, slash drug addict. But that part wasn't ever in you know, controversy. Mm. If Donald Trump Jr. was doing the same thing, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. But all then, you saw on the news. So, so they're coming out and admitting to all these things. And then meanwhile, you know, they've clearly tried on multiple occasions to put Kamala into a concentration camp to reboot her into something workable and it keeps failing and it keeps failing. And so now there's a book that just came out by actually some writers from the New York Times detailing the rift that since day one between Kamala and have you heard about this at all? I mean, I've heard about the growing dissent in the ranks between her and Biden. Yeah, no, there's this book that, that goes in everyone great detail. keeps leaving her. Right. Her office. I mean, nobody wants terrible. to work for her. Right. Because she's got awful and she's got no no future. I think I, I think the deep state used them to get rid of Trump because Trump was going after the deep state and jeopardizing their entire money making sh- machine, right? Yeah. Um, the question is, what's the next step? I mentioned that podcast with Rogan. He brought up in that podcast just in this week's episode <clears throat> that he's getting the sense that that there seems to be a movement from within the government against this administration. Like they're setting them up to take them down. I, I, you know, I think that's true, but I don't understand where it leads. Like they can't run Kamala Harris in 2024. They can't. And Biden, to your point, if he's not a vegetable by then, I mean, that's assuming he's not a vegetable already. I just, I don't I don't even think it's debatable but we're reaching this moment of of max chaos that's really pretty scary I talked about that talk I gave to the men's retreat at our church the other day and um, you know the whole thing boiled down to like this ever this never-ending battle of chaos and order right you can go to Genesis 1 in the Bible and that's where it all starts right that the universe was an empty void which the Greek word for chaos means exactly that, void. So it means chaos, right? The universe was chaos, and God brought order to the chaos. Then he created man. Man sinned. God knew he was going to sin. He put the serpent in the serpent, who was a representative of sin and chaos, in the garden to tempt man. Man fell. God knew all that was going to happen. He let it all happen. Then he told man to go back outside of the garden, back out into the wilderness, a.k.a. the chaos, and sow the ground, meaning bring some order from the outer world wilderness chaos, right? Understanding that you can never eliminate the chaos. There will always exist. Chaos will always exist. And we have to find the right balance between those two places, right? Mm -hmm. What occurred to me after that was, Another way you could, another layer you could add on to that is creation is born from chaos, right? 
like most artists <clears throat> are pretty chaotic people. They're flippant all over the place, kind of mentally, right? But they can create these beautiful works of art, whatever they would be, right? There is, I, I, I sincerely believe that there is some cabal of people that are seeking to create a moment of chaos from which they can institute their own new order. And our president said as much this week when he said that every 80 to 100 years, we find our civilization in a moment of turmoil. And the last time was World War One and Two, where 60-something million people died. And then everything was pretty good for a while because we had what he called the liberal world order. Mm. But now, with what's going on in Ukraine and everything else, there's a new world order coming. His exact words. I didn't sign up for that. Most Americans didn't sign up nor want that. And that's the thing is like he said the part out loud that you're not supposed to say. Right. And ever since the media and Twitter has been trying to label anybody who said, oh, he said new world order that we're all conspiracy theorists, even though he said it. Apparently, the he first Bush also said that, used that terminology. I have to. I want to go back and look at that. And I want to next week also talk about new world order versus the Great Reset. I think that would be. I don't think there's any verses between them. Well, they're comparing the they're, they're one and the same. Okay, yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Just different terminology. Right. The Great Charles, Reset. Charles, the Great Reset. Charles uh, Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Klaus. The Great Reset is to bring, a, bring about Schwab. the New World Order. Right? Schwab's the one that's telling me my weed stocks aren't doing very good. First you hit the reset, then you replace what you reset with the New World Order. That's how that works. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 go, we'll do a deep dive on that and uh, talk about the laptop next week um one other thing as we're wrapping up today's show and and i don't know how this wasn't all over the news Chesham, i only know it because i saw it on trump jr's instagram page apparently stormy daniels has to pay president trump three hundred thousand dollars in defamation restitution apparently but what i haven't that, like I, that guy was they tried to sack him they try to manipulate him. They try to undo him at every turn. You know what? I, I, I'm not saying that Trump's the nicest human being ever. I, I'm not even saying he's the best president ever. But my God, no one was ever given a worse hand to play with than that dude. And the more we find out, the, the worse I feel for the guy. I don't feel bad for him because I think it gives him power. Like he thrives off of being a bad guy. Right. He, he really does. Like he is a heel by nature. Um, but, you know, like just go back to when we were in college. W. Bush got attacked just as violent, just as viciously all on every front. Right. They didn't yeah, run w, out. Of w used to have, I mean, he butchered a cliche and, and people made fun of the way that he spoke. But you never had any doubt in your mind that he wasn't mentally all there. It wasn't a, a smart and spry individual like I, that, that I, i'll talk to my my uh liberal friends even on that fantasy football text we'll we'll look at w was a moron too N no no w it knew what was going on comparing yeah, him sure. to biden or comparing him to yeah Trump? To, I, I when i bring up look hey look what moron biden said today like, well w used to say dumb stuff like i don't really think it's comparable but okay. it's not even close to comparable dude getting um, tongue-tied and slurring your words because your mental faculties have declined to the point where you're senile are definitely two different things. I, you know, uh, I got to play this for you. Let's end on a, a high here. So historically, you know, when a guy gets hit in the junk on TV, like what, what do you, what would you think an announcer would say to describe that situation? Uh, I don't um, Boy, that looks like it hurt. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Try not so, to bring too so, much attention to where this, exactly. The, yeah. This guy, Chris uh, Whittingham, of uh, he's an MLS broadcaster. He took it to the, uh, you know, I don't want to say the next level. He took it to the most sensical level I've ever heard, and it's absolutely hilarious. Take a listen. I say, stay down. You would too, Chris. Yeah. Hit him in the penis. 
<laughs> about the penis. <laughs> you never hear that on national television, and now you have. That was awesome. Uh, he's getting lots of praise on Twitter for that stroke of just com- like, hey, common sense is called a penis. And uh, I think the world could benefit from a little common sense these days. Um, when I was like a freshman in high school playing football, uh, one of my teammates got hit in the junk and started with both hands. He grabs himself and just starts jumping up and down and screaming for like 30 seconds. He's like, ah, jumping around and all like both teams, all the coaches, everybody was just like, Oh my hit him God, in the penis. calm down. dude! <laughs> just like bouncing like on a pogo stick, just screaming. Uh, it was funny. Um, all right. Well, we got a lot to get into next week. Also a great clip from uh, Bill Maher. He was on with uh, Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. I think that we'll, we, we'll take a, a look at that. And then uh, the great reset, the new world order. And Hunter Biden's laptop. Lots of whatever other week. terrible, ridiculous stuff the leadership of this country says in the meantime. And, and by the way, thank you to them for all the audio gold today. We really appreciate that. Y'all, y'all keep that up, Joe. I think we called that like, you know, about this time last year. Like, at least we'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 70 of Justified Pursuit. And we will see you next time. Uh, the bird privilege in the world that I was just in. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Uh-huh. Guess it's why they're broken. You're so uh-huh. big. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Can't you see? Sometimes your words.